Welcome to Tiny Marketing. I'm Sarah Noah Block, and I teach small marketing departments that are tired of feeling overwhelmed and under-resourced how to build and manage effective and efficient marketing strategies that work for them. Get ready. It's time to dig in and get a big impact with your tiny team. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us um, with On Air with Tiny Marketing. Today, we're going to be talking about digital PR and its impact on SEO. I have Kelly Stanzi, a special guest who is pretty cool. I was just chatting with her before we went live, and she has this amazing ability to merge creativity and technical expertise when it comes to marketing. She's been in the business for 10 years and she works within e-commerce, social media, SEO, content strategy, and she's an amazing artist too. We're going to do the intro and then I'll bring Kelly on and we're going to talk about digital PR and its impact on SEO. Hey, it's so good to have you. We've been chatting all week on social media and we finally get to get to meet vibed immediately. (laughs) Uh, First day hair here. I'd been tweeting about how I was going to wash my hair for this. So feeling real good about myself. Got some lipstick on. It's a good day. It is a good day. I washed my hair for the first time in like 40 (laughs) You know, being a full-time work from home mom is a whole other different kind of wilderness. And I love having excuses like this to actually prioritize myself now and then. So. Yeah, yeah, and you wore pants with a button today, which is I exciting. did. Yes, <laughs> got some new jeans on. Feeling good. Oh, I'm unstoppable. Yeah, can you introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, so I'm Kelly Stancy. I am the principal of Kelly Stancy Consulting. Soon to actually be Kelly Stancy Consulting and Creative. I'm working on a soft rebrand, which is really exciting. But I have spent my entire career working in the digital space and have really found that I light up when I get to help clients find the marriage between creative and technical. And the space that this tends to happen most is, in my opinion, SEO, but it happens in content strategy. It happens in social media. So anywhere you're having really quality content and creative merging with a technical infrastructure to deliver them to the people that benefit from them, that's where you'll find me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really exciting space too, because you can have a huge impact. Plus you get to do some fun things. Yeah, absolutely. I work with some absolutely incredible clients. I get to do so many different types of projects, but One of my main focuses for my primary client right now is this digital PR and its impacts on SEO type of work. So that's been a really exciting sort of change of pace from, oh, I'm building a website and I'm making sure that there's data-driven strategy in the content. And it's just, it's so fascinating that my pendulum gets to swing all over the place from technical to creative and everywhere in between. So yeah, that's that's where things are right now. I was really excited when you brought up this particular topic because digital PR is how I started building my business, how I started to get noticed in my business is doing guest posts and like publications that my ideal audience would read. 
and getting those backlinks, making sure there were backlinks in my bios when I would write for other publications. Now, not everyone might know what digital PR is. So can you let me know what that is? Yeah. So the current state of digital PR is essentially, if you know what traditional PR is, just doing that on the internet. But the layman's terms would be doing outreach to get your brand some level of visibility in places where it previously had not been seen, whether that's, like you said, guest posting on a blog, or if you're trying to leverage a physical product, sending out samples and doing influencer relationship marketing. There's, you know, obviously contributing to media outlets. We do a lot of submitting quotes or like providing interviews to online magazines and industry blogs, that sort of thing. And all of them add up over time to this sort of increased footprint across the internet. Mm -hmm. So elements of digital PR would be like this live stream show, uh, being a guest on a podcast, these publications where you can go in, show notes that might be associated with something that you're doing. Yep. And we, just before we went live, we were talking about what would go in the show notes for yeah. the landing page for this live cast. So it comes in so many different shapes and sizes. And I think what makes it most exciting to me is there's no one size fits all. There's no single right or wrong way to do Well, there, there are many wrong ways to do it. But you find what works for you and what works for each individual type of outreach you're trying to do. And... It's just a a constant stream of, I think, creative problem solving. Yeah, I completely agree. In my last newsletter that went out on Tuesday, I dedicated basically all to this topic that we were talking about. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. So can you give some examples of ways that people early, early on in their personal branding journey, how they can get these opportunities? Yeah, so... Almost all of my biggest visibility starts, it seems accidentally, but really it's about knowing where to be. For me, a lot of my industry-related contacts come from Twitter and building relationships. Yeah, yeah. And like, I am a very socially outgoing person in real life too, not just on the internet. So I tend to feel like I step into this role wall because I just naturally go out there and befriend strangers on yeah, the internet. Relationships that way. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, knowing where your your potential audiences that you're wanting to reach are and they're interacting, it's all about starting those relationships off. So you get out there, you engage, you create a small footprint to start, whether that's joining a newsletter and sending in questions or getting on Twitter and joining structured Twitter chats or joining a Facebook group where the type of people that you're wanting to connect with are hanging out. Actually, the long tail story of how I found you was a friend of mine subscribes to what you do. And she posted in a professional development group that I'm in on Facebook about, hey, this, this great I don't even know necessarily how to describe this because you're more than a blog. It's not exactly a podcast, but this marketing thought leader that I absolutely adore is taking guests. I was like, oh Oh my gosh, I did not know this story before. Yeah. (laughs) So I filled out the form and here we are. 
<laughs> and it was because the kind of people that I'm wanting to connect with are in that Facebook group that I am in. And she shared it knowing that people in that Facebook group would find value in that opportunity. And here we are. Now I'm so it's that Facebook group is. <laughs> um, it's called the Salty Tribe. And okay. it's it's um mostly it's very heavily on the marketing and communications front in rural and agriculture industries, which is actually the industry I got my start in. And I still do a lot of work with clients in that space, but it's such like a, an interesting niche group. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Absolute gems. Just everyone in that group is incredible, but we also challenge each other and we say things like, Hey, you guys should definitely try and get on this live stream. So, oh, so you do like personal branding type challenges, like do this, yeah. put yourself out there, do this digital PR opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very much like, so I recently tweeted about how women need to uplift women and support women. And it's a mixed group. There are some men in there, although it's majority women and they are all just like straight up Wonder Woman cheerleaders for each other. And I absolutely yeah. love it. So that group is actually where a lot of my more small business oriented PR opportunities come from because that's who's in that group and that's who I connect with. And I've actually gained affiliates for one of my clients, uh, affiliate marketing channels through it as well. So it's great. That's awesome. So Facebook responding to newsletters and like building relationships on social media are easy entry ways to get these yep. digital PR opportunities. Another one, and I know you you probably have spent countless hours in this just like I have, is Harrow. Help a reporter yeah. out. <laughs> I'm a little bit backlogged with my major client that I use Harrow for today. So I have to go back through a couple of days worth of emails, but almost daily. I am in the Help a Reporter Out Digest three times a day, checking yeah. out whether or not any of the queries are applicable to any of my clients. I'm glad you brought that up. Harrow is such a great way to start getting these media mentions and yep. you usually get links. With yeah. Them. And it's, it's very low threshold. Like usually it's, Hey, can you submit a couple of sentences yeah. in an email and get referenced and get a backlink, which is great. But at the same time, you have to have some cynical eyes to check them out because we've actually had one of my e-commerce clients has had people try to get multiple sets of samples by putting in multiple queries under slightly different names. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I was dealing with that this week where I was emailing back and forth with a blogger about how, you know, the shipping address you sent me is really, really similar to a shipping address someone sent me earlier this week like one or two doors away from each other on the same street in the same highly specific city name. Yeah. And like the name was just slightly changed. So the last name was like two letters shorter or something like that. And, you know, it's like any kind of outreach work. You've got to keep yourself from getting catfished a little bit and go in eyes wide open. But at the same time, I have met so many incredible people doing this. That was one of my early things too, is going on <laughs> Harrow. And it's honestly, it's awesome. I probably have months of Harrow emails still in my, in my mm-hmm. inbox because it's just been so busy because you do, you get them three times a day with opportunities to respond to these journalist 
And actually, one of my clients I'm helping, they just brought on a new marketing coordinator who's in-house. And she is, I'm preparing to train her up on actually vetting Harrow because from a time use standpoint, it's almost getting to be so exhausting that there's tons of opportunity in there for me. I just can't get to all three of those emails every day to find all of them. And every single one is a treasure hunt. So it's great, but does have downsides. So... Mm -hmm. That would be a good like live stream or webinar to teach people how to <laughs> yeah. how to narrow opportunities. Well, there's also like the lenses you have to think through of how do you choose the harrow, even if it doesn't seem like 100% on the nose, what your client or your in-house team or whatever you're representing would be looking for. So a good example of that is, this primary client that I do Harrow with is an e-commerce company and there's tons of people looking to try out their product. Mm-hmm. So obviously we reach out to the queries where they're like, hey, we want to test product out or feature product on our blog or do a gift guide. But then there's also queries about marketing leadership or how to build an e-commerce business or startups or all of these different things that we have expertise for within that company. So I just reach out to the CMO, the director of e-commerce or whoever else on the team is a specialist. And I'm like, hey, do you want to submit, you know, a paragraph of quote here? And it doesn't necessarily always seem like a direct relationship to what's going on in the company or what the company is doing, but we have really good brains and we want to share that knowledge and use it to build up the digital footprint of the company. Hey there, fellow entrepreneurs and B2B marketers. Before we dive back into the conversation, let me introduce you to a game changer in the lead generation arena, Lead Feeder. Now, we all know the struggle of identifying those elusive website visitors and turning them into valuable leads. But what if I told you there's a tool that not only promises, but delivers on supercharging your lead generation and sales efforts? Enter Lead Feeder. Imagine having the power to identify companies visiting your website, track their behavior in real time, and seamlessly integrate it all with your CRM. Lead Feeder is not just a tool, it's your secret weapon for efficient and targeted lead engagement. What sets Lead Feeder apart? It's the ability to provide detailed insights into visitor behavior, helping your sales team prioritize efforts and close deals faster. With customizable notifications, lead scoring, and GDPR compliance, Lead Feeder is changing the game. Ready to revolutionize your approach to leads and deals? Head over to leadfeeder.com for your free demo today. That's L-E-A-D-F-E-E-D-E-R.com. Don't miss out on the future of successful lead generation with Lead Feeder. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Where product businesses don't necessarily take the same marketing stance as service-based yep. businesses because Bingo. we're selling ourselves, we're selling our expertise, but it matters for product businesses too, for those yep. that leadership that's the face of the company anyway. Well, and realistically, you know, we as business owners or entrepreneurs, we do sell our expertise, but All of the people within in-house companies or product-focused companies that wouldn't normally be trying to sell their expertise, 
they have expertise too. Mm-hmm. And the CMO that brought me into this particular company has been a mentor for my entire career and is one of the smartest, most people-centric marketers I've ever worked with. And he's so high up the chain now that he's barely, you know, a lot of people would say, well, he's not really a marketer anymore. He's an executive. Well, he's an executive who leads marketing and is really, really knowledgeable about it and still in the trenches. So, you know, I'm always about when you work with smart people, you shout from the rooftops about how great they are. And digital PR is a great way to do that and put on my cheerleader pants. Yeah. And especially if you're talking about a solution that your product solves within that thought leadership quote, then you're still, you're attracting those end users anyway, even though you're not directly talking about your product. Yep. So we talked about the PR aspect of it. Now, can you explain how that relates to SEO? Yes. I'm going to get real excited here because this is like my happy place. So to talk about digital PR and SEO, you have to rewind a few years and talk about link building. And previously, link building was the idea that you just needed to get all of these other websites, as many as possible, linking back to your website. And that would tell Google, hey, this website has lots of other people referencing it. It must be very authoritative. Now, Google does use links from other sites back to your site as an indicator of whether or not your site is a good source of knowledge, information, authority, or if you want to call it uh, EAT, which is expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. That's an acronym we use in the SEO space right now. Yeah, I've seen EAT a lot lately. Yeah. I haven't Googled what it meant yet, so that's good to know. Yeah. yeah, it's essentially just, is your website trustworthy and informational on this specific topic? So for a long time people were doing shady things to get a lot of links back leading back to their site. And that was considered, you know, the gold standard for SEO. Just get all the links. Mass directories. I've seen that a lot. (laughs) A lot of shady ways that you can do that. Well, the pendulum in the industry has gone a few ways recently. And in the last few years, there was this movement toward like, just don't link build at all, which wasn't right because Google was still using the backlinks. You just didn't need to be doing shady stuff to get them or else Google would punish you if you were. Now, where link building sits is actually in this digital PR space. And in my opinion, the best link builders are people who are thinking about how can I find other sites that will get value from sharing what my site has to offer. Mm -hmm. And as a practitioner of SEO, I am always first and foremost telling my clients, Your website needs to provide value. It needs to be useful. It needs to be reader-friendly. It needs to be user-friendly. And they need to get a benefit from using it, whether it's information, entertainment, finding a product that they want to buy. So how do you connect with other websites via digital PR that will link back to your site because you provide value to them? And that's where things like having our CMO go out and do interviews comes Mm -hmm. in or we're submitting our product. I say R as a blanket term for all of my clients, but submitting product to a gift guide because the people that the gift guide is intended for really would benefit from what we're doing or even sometimes sending out freebies or providing free 
tiny bits of service to do proof of value. So it's all about how do you make sure that what you are offering another website is valuable enough that they see benefits from it. But if Google sees the link, it's also noted as a legitimate relationship and not just a shady practice. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So there are the PR opportunities. But when we're talking about reaching out to website owners about uh, sharing your content, what's the best approach for that? Oh, there's no one single way. (laughs) Half of the influencers and content creators that I've ended up partnering with on some really big projects have been totally organically occurring. And that's just part of that relationship building element. But when you're doing cold outreach, it's always hard. There's no right way to take like the feeling kind of icky about doing it out. Yeah. I get Um, a lot and I'm like, silly. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I get why people have to do it. And when I receive it, I'm usually kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) But then I also turn around and do it on behalf of my (laughs) client. So there's no way to make it not feel a little icky. But the reality is like you believe in what you're doing and the customers or product or services that you are trying to highlight, if you're really passionate about it, you can have authentic conversations via email, via Twitter, via Facebook, via Instagram, where these potential partners are and where their content is and be truly, absolutely sincere in the way you reach out. So doing PR, if you don't believe in what you're trying to promote, is really, really tough. But if you're working with clients that light your heart on fire like mine do, it's easy. It feels natural. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for teaching us about this. Is there anything else that you want to add or anything that you want to share before we (sighs) sign off? Oh, goodness. Um, Just do your best to absolutely be as sincere and authentic as you can, because there are stereotypes about doing PR. People seem to think that PR folks are just stuffed suits in a corporate setting. And the reality is like the industry is full of really cool people. I mean, I'm biased, but look at us. We're cool. <laughs> I, I think well, so. I'm cool, mom. <laughs> I know my kid won't think that in a few years, but it's fine. <laughs> It's full of amazing people. And the reality is like, we have to do this work for our clients. So why not do it with the utmost passion and authenticity that we can muster? Yeah, that's a good point. So your your favorite social media is Twitter. Can you uh, tell everyone how they can find you on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's real simple. It's at Kelly Stanzi. Same with Instagram. So you can find me there. All right. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. Bye. All right. That was a good show. We learned all about how to find these digital PR opportunities and how it helps you link build and increases your SEO. I'm all about it. I love it. Thank you, Kelly. And if you want to get first access to when we're getting applicants for our live stream show or our weekly newsletter, where we give you actual advice for small businesses and marketing in a minimalist fashion, sign up for the newsletter. The link is also in the bio and I will see you next week. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining Tiny Marketing. I help tiny marketing departments create consistent content that builds trust with your audience. Get one month of content in one week by visiting sarahnoelblock.com. And take what you learned today and apply it to your tiny marketing department to see the growth that you deserve. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time.